We welcome you into the Cross Country Mortgage Campus here in Berea. I'm Jason Gibbs, alongside Andrew Gribble, Episode 5 of the best podcast available, presented by Cross Country Mortgage. Gribbs, Combine, in the books, 49 days till the 2022 NFL Draft. Lots of speculation. We get into pro days, free agencies coming. It is just one big avalanche of NFL news and we haven't even gotten to the big moves of the week, which we will later on in the show. Yeah, I mean, it's a real quick shift because it's like last week was almost all about the draft and you're talking about all these players and getting into it. And now it's just like a total afterthought. Like now we're we're kind of moving on to pro days, but everything else has taken precedent. The, it's it's now the players who are in the in the NFL right now who are making the headlines. And it'll be that way for the next couple of weeks until we get through kind of the, the first wave of free agency. Yeah, indeed. And we will preview free agency coming up and obviously talk about some of the big moves that have happened in the National Football League over the last 48 hours. First and foremost, though, combine week here and gone. We've survived it another year, another year of great eating in Indianapolis. Uh, some tidbits, a little information gathering as well. Your big takeaway from the 2022 NFL Combine. I mean, maybe it was just me, but it was like we didn't have like any of those like disaster workouts or like people like that didn't do well at the Combine. I felt like it was like this guy did well, then these guys did well. Like it was like a total like dude showing out at higher levels than people expected. You had the wide receivers, like seemingly every one of those guys ran great 40s and, and were, were having great workouts. Then the day that Georgia's defensive players just dominated and, and have kind of risen up the ranks that way. Then you have the, the the guy from Baylor, the corner, running the fastest 40 ever by a defensive back. So it was just like, it was like, like you said, like it was an avalanche of like good news, whereas you didn't really have anything outside of Kenny Pickett's hand size that was like a, a negative that came out of the combine. You're not hearing that like the buzz of this guy tanked this interview or this guy's stock is falling. It seemed like it was all stock up instead of stock down, and I don't know if that's just a uh, a byproduct of how we're covering the sport now or if it's how uh, these guys are preparing for the combine better. I mean, it just seemed like it was the feel-good week of, of all these guys are really good. And I, I, that's a, uh, it's something that we hadn't heard much of going into this draft because – this was not a quarterback draft, and it just seems like it's a, as people have said, a meat and potatoes draft where not a lot of superstars. But now you're looking at it, and, and some of these players, it's looking like a better board where the where the Browns sit at number thirteen. Yeah, again, the positions that showed up and showed out are the ones that we thought were going to, and also maybe the Browns' biggest positions of need. Yeah, no, it's a, it was wide receivers for the on that first day. All those guys looked outstanding. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave runs the great forty as well. Traylon Burks had a slower forty, but he's two hundred twenty five pounds, so you understand uh, it, it's a little bit it tougher was still to get moving. Like four five five. Yeah, I think. he's he's going to be a really good player. He's going to be a first round pick. It just maybe it recalibrates people's expectations, and maybe he's going to go where he was supposed to go. But we'll see. He still could be the first wide receiver uh, off the board. But then. Really, it was these defensive guys from Georgia that kind of stood out, whereas we all knew about Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle, but these other two guys are kind of hummed under the radar in one of the best defenses, not just in college football last year, but really the past decade. You haven't had a dominant defense like Georgia's. All these guys, those three, the trio of defensive linemen, they're all going to be first-round picks, and it's now it's a matter of it seemed like the Browns at 13 would have been a reach for some of those guys, and now we're seeing mocks with multiple of those guys ahead of the Browns at 13. All right. Combine, as we start to put it to bed, how much stock do we put in these individual drills? You know, I mean, the 40-yard dash, 
obviously garnered a, a lot of attention, especially with how the wide receivers ran it. But how, how much stock do you think these teams, including our own, are putting in these individual workouts? Or is it a case of, let me go see it in the pro day? Because there were still a lot of guys that didn't do a lot of things. Yeah, I, I still think it's a it's a box-checking thing. I think it, you can only – I feel like you can only hurt yourself with these things because I don't think you, you have guys – outside of maybe the rare exceptions, doing things that teams did not expect them to do. Maybe teams did not expect Jordan Davis at 344 pounds to run as fast as he did because you never, ever see him running that far, and he will never run that way again unless he's maybe chasing uh, one of his teammates on a pick six. I mean, you're, you're th- these things are – that that's out of the ordinary for an offensive uh, – for a defensive lineman. So I think really it's it's more of if these guys – don't show up in the way that they should, that it becomes a problem. I think it's all the behind the scenes stuff. It's the medicals. It's how they interview. That's, that's why the combine is super important. It's just not the stuff that you see on TV. I think this is a good kind of way to introduce fans to the, this is why I think the combine is a great event for TV as well, because it kind of, for the hardcore NFL fan that really doesn't follow college football intently, the combine is kind of the first big event where you get introduced and, and kind of, uh, explained who is going to be a first-round pick, and it, it really kind of helps the educational process uh, going into the draft. All right, you mentioned Kenny Pickett's hands. Uh, obviously not as big, and he was one of the leaders in fumbles in college football in, in 2021. Yet, you know, we see uh, on Wednesday, Todd McShay puts out his post-combine mock draft, and the first quarterback off the board is at number 11 to Washington, and it's Kenny Pickett. So – Clearly willing to overlook the hand size. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting because I don't think there's any clear favorite on who's going to take a quarterback. I mean, maybe we will get some more clarity after free agency and, and see how things shake out that way. It's going to come down to team and fit, and I think that while a lot of people talk about Kenny Pickett's hand size, it, it seemed like Malik Willis had a really good week and was really a, an impressive guy, and I think there's a chance that he becomes that first guy off the board. I mean, the Seahawks trade of Russell Wilson kind of adds a team to the mix at number nine that could be in, in need for a quarterback, even though they're basically replacing the Broncos who previously needed a quarterback. I don't think any of us really thought Denver was going to go the rookie route. Uh, but now with the way Seattle's looking to rebuild potentially without Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner, and maybe some other guys, uh, some familiar faces not there anymore, that becomes maybe a more likely destination for for quarterback. I, I, I still think that both quarterbacks, both of those guys, I think are off the board by the time the Browns are on the clock at 13, and that, that's good news for the Browns because you're, you're not drafting a quarterback here. You're, you're opening up more opportunities to get a great position player. Yes, they will start to move into the top 10, especially yeah. after their pro days. Mm-hmm. I think we can all uh, agree on that. NFL Network analytics expert Cynthia Freeland will join us here coming up in just a few minutes. We talked with her last week at the NFL Combine, and we'll get her thoughts on free agency and this draft class as we get ready for the 2022 NFL Draft 49 days away. Gribble, it's a tradition unlike any other. Gribble asking us to come up with our first mock draft, 1.0. I cursed him. Uh, I put it together as best we could. Gribble wanted us to put together the top 13 picks, obviously the Browns picking at 13, and then you also had instructions for the second-round pick and the two picks in the third round, including that uh, compensatory pick uh, at the end. Should of the be third. around 100-ish. We'll see where it falls, but it, it's that's why we don't have a specific number with it just yet. All right. All projections. And you can read all of our mock drafts, uh, mine 
Andrew Gribbles, Nathan Zagura's, Anthony Posell's uh, at clevelandbrowns.com. But we do want to go through our picks for the Browns. And Gribble, I'll start with you. Uh, Garrett Wilson at number 13. Uh, I, I think something we would all be quite pleased with. Uh, but you have the wide receiver from Ohio State. Yeah, and I do the the kind of uh, I I like him as as the as the top guy. I, I think that he just is the mix of of kind of everything and has that true potential to be a, a number one wide receiver. The one I feel the best about, and really the the reason I'm concerned is that I have it going in which he's the first wide receiver off the board, and I worry if another team ahead of the Browns wants to address, address wide receiver, that they would have similar similar feelings about Garrett Wilson. Though I would not be disappointed with Chris Olave. Traylon Burks, even potentially Drake London, seeing how he's coming off the ankle surgery. There's good options there if you want a wide receiver at number 13. I was torn between Garrett Wilson, potentially Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, because I think pass rushers is a huge need for this team as well, and it's easier to get wide receivers later in the draft than it is pass rushers. But I still just went with with Garrett Wilson, with the hometown flavor on that pick, and I, I think it's something that could be a possibility, but I I think it's no guarantee he gets the 13. Yeah, I, as I was putting this together, I'm like, well, Garrett could go here. He could go here. He could. There's two or three teams in front of you. Uh, I mean, Atlanta now has a need at wide receiver. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I, could the Jets add a wide receiver to their group? Could the Giants, who even went, you know, free agency happy in spending last year in wide receiver, could they go get a rookie wide receiver? I think that's totally in play. Uh, I want to take wide receiver. I really do, and ultimately, I probably will. But it, as I put this together. You mentioned it just a few minutes ago. My big concern is that defensive end, can you find a day one starter in the second round? Yeah, I think you can at wide receiver. I'm not so sure you can do it at defensive end. And that's – I ended up taking uh, Trevon Walker from Georgia. Um, you know, defensive line is going to be a big need, not just at edge but a defensive tackle as well. We'll get into that as we get into round two and three of our mock. I, I, I just think that size, length, toughness, he, he's part of that Georgia wrecking crew. And, and I think that he, uh, he makes a lot of sense for this football team. I, I would not be surprised if they go edge. I still think wide receiver obviously is their biggest need, but free agency could dictate a lot here in the next week. Yeah. And Teron Walker's has the ability to play inside, outside, a bigger guy, a, a bigger pass rusher would kind of look even maybe more like a, an Olivier Vernon type on, on the outside there. The problem with for you is that uh, many people are noticing Trevon Walker now. Da- yeah, Dane, Brug- Dane Brugler, Lance Erline both moved Trevon Walker all the way up to number three in their mock draft. So well, that 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 to me could be a potential combine overreaction because he had a fantastic he combine. Did. So maybe he regresses back down to the to the edge. But a lot of people are starting to notice him because uh, before this it seemed like he was bottom half of the first round type of guy, and now all of a sudden just shooting through the roof. Yeah, six sacks for the Georgia Bulldogs in 2021. In the second round at 44, uh, you have a guy that I took at pick number 78 in the third round. Uh, we're thinking along the same lines, defensive tackle, uh, Perrion Winfrey, Oklahoma defensive tackle, a guy who has started to show up on people's radar yeah, since the he, season ended. He was a total monster at the Senior Bowl, and it was kind of like a – there wasn't a ton of high expectations for this defensive tackle class going into that period of the draft time, but it seems like all these guys just keep being doing impressive things, starting with the Georgia guys uh, and then Win- Winfrey as well. I just look at this simply as, as of now, today, you've got two guys locked in for next year, Tommy Togiai and Jordan Elliott. 
it's wide open. I do I do think it's a position you can address and fill some holes in with free agency, so that could change over the next couple of weeks. But this is someone where if you want to keep building uh, and getting some some good young players in, in in the building, the second round's probably a good spot to do it. Yeah, and I have him going in the third. It, my pick in the second round total. I just kind of tweaked the draft to fit my needs. Uh, Jahan Dotson from Penn State, obviously probably won't be there at pick 44, but I think if the Browns go edge rusher at 13, I I think the Browns could totally move up uh, into the early part of the second round, if not late first round, uh, if there's a guy on the wide receiver board that slips. I think that's totally in play. No, I think it's definitely in play. And then, again, the – Andrew Barry likes uh, like the way last year when he traded up to get a linebacker. He said, "No, you know, no one ever said I would trade up, and no one ever would ever say I would take a linebacker in the second round." He did both, uh, so I, I don't think you can rule out any kind of move. You've got nine picks. You've got that compensatory pick. You've got the the ability to to move up up and down the board as as much as you want. And, and this is a team that's shown the ability to do that the last couple of years. All right, Perry and Winfrey from Oklahoma. Uh, your second round pick, my third round pick. Pick number 78 for the Browns. Gribbs, who do you have the Cleveland Browns taking? So I, I'm going with the edge, and I, I'm going with a talented guy from South Carolina, Kingsley Enigbare from, from from the Gamecocks. Again, it's just a position that you want to address in some way, shape, or form. Miles Garrett is in that room. Jadavian Clowney might be in that room. Even if Clowney comes back, you've got to address some, some high-quality assets to that position because – Free agency, not a lot of guys to be found at that position because if you're a good pass rusher, teams are holding on to you. You have to add to that room, which is was something you couldn't do last year. There was really not a lot of quality pass rushers in last year's entire draft, let alone early in the draft. So I, I just think you've got to go in that direction with one of your four picks on, on day one and, and day two, and I, I just think he fits kind of in that that sweet spot in the, in the third round after a pretty good senior bowl performance. Again, I took Winfrey in the third round as well. Uh, the compensatory pick, the famous compensatory pick at the end of round three. Who do you have the Cleveland Browns take? So I'm going with the tight end, and I'm making people happy by taking another Ohio State Buckeye, Jeremy Ruckert. I, I just think this is a position where the NFL right now, we saw three tight ends get the franchise tag, a, kind of an abnormal amount with David Njoku, Dalton Schultz, Mike Kosicki. Not your top huge headliner names, but it just shows that the value of that position continues to grow. There, There's big numbers salary-wise going to the tight ends in the league. They hang around forever. I look at Ruckert as maybe not a guy that comes in right away and makes an impact, but it's a long-term investment. You have to kind of groom these guys, get them ready, because tight ends get hurt a lot. It's a demanding position. You need that depth. And even though the Browns right now are shaping up to have a lot of depth, especially with Steve Carlson coming back, I think you need even more, and, and I think that that's how you, you go about it with a, with a big pick like that. Well, LeBron's play three tight ends. Yeah. <laughs> so you better have a couple ready to go just in case. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that I think that's the big key there. Uh, for me, at uh, around pick 101 in that compensatory pick range, David Bell, the wide receiver out of Purdue, runs really precise routes, has great hands, make plays, probably a slot receiver in, in the National Football League. Not fast, but again, a playmaker. And the more wide receivers that you can get, there's a lot of holes in that wide receiver room. You need a lot of bodies. And, I mean, you're probably going to carry six, maybe seven wide receivers on your football team. Right now, you've got three. Yeah, so. got to load up. And David Bell had a lot of good things to say about Greg Newsom at the combine. Said he yes, was his he hardest did. cover in, in 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 college football. So 
maybe reunite those two, get them, get them going on the practice fields again. All right. As we put the NFL combine to bed, uh, last week at the Combine, I had a chance to sit down with NFL Network analytics expert Cynthia Freeland, a uh, great friend of a lot of our programs, comes on, great insight, and a lot of good insight on her favorite time of the year, which is the 2022 NFL Draft and this 2022 NFL Draft class. Have a watch and have a listen. Happy to be joined right now on the best podcast available by Cynthia Freeland, NFL Network analytics expert and part of the NFL Network's draft coverage here at the 2022 Scouting Combine here in Indianapolis. And it's good to see you actually in person. And uh, I'm sorry the rest of the crew isn't here right now. but uh, Hi to them. Yes, exactly. Uh, Busy week, but it's great to be back. And COVID protocols are now lifted the world kind of getting back to normal here in the National Football League. It definitely feels normal. I thought it was funny. You can hear behind us like the guys announcing that they're not going to be participating in the bench press because they hurt their ankle. We are back to normal. Like that is hilarious. I will not be participating in the bench press because I hurt my ankle. And you're like, that doesn't, okay, whatever. Whatever you say. (laughs) I can do one, maybe. So I'm out. But you're, yeah. I don't know what my ankle has to do with the bench press, but Correct. doesn't matter. Exactly. Don't, don't let the details or, get in the, yeah. in the way of a good story, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so what your role here mm-hmm. in Indianapolis this week, you, yeah. you get put through the ringer. I, I think I think everybody at NFL Network does. I, there's a lot of hours that go into it, uh, a lot of people doing a lot of things. What's a typical day for you here in Indianapolis? Well, first off, this is my favorite event on the calendar. All of the I teams are here. I read it on NFL.com. Yes. It's all, all the teams are here. Everyone is 0-0. It is all full of hope and excitement, and everyone's like, like just stoked to be here. So the cool part is um, I'm doing some of our pregame coverage, pregame meeting before all the events are run. So we're kind of looking at what you should be watching for and then, and then of course, dissecting what happened. But what we're really here to do is to, like, like figure out, like, I can tell you the ranges of things that people have fallen into, but fallen into in the in the past, like elite and above average players. Like, where did they test when they were here? And you kind of try to map who could potentially be those players who are going to be coming out who are above average and elite. But I'm going to tell you, the main value of being here is getting a chance to talk to your coach, talk to your front office members who I love the Browns like I've got a couple of friends who are very who are are, are members of your staff and the way that they all think and kind of what's going to be next in the NFL based on what you're learning here right you I'm sure you learned the same stuff too like wow like I have some thoughts on you know how we could use this late round tight end and so I like it's all so exciting so I think mostly what we're here to do is to I'm here to learn even though we talk about it on TV I am here to learn I'm a sponge here well and I think that I, I have asked everybody this week, like, what's the biggest thing you're looking for? Like, and it's a lot of it is the meetings that take place when you're not in the convention center, when you're not yep. in the football. Yep. It, maybe it's in a bar. Maybe it's in St. Elmo's. Maybe it's, <sighs> yes. uh, you know, somewhere It's a tiring else. week. <laughs> but, but you're constantly, at 10 o'clock at night, you could learn more about something yep. than you would maybe at 10 o'clock in the morning here. I literally this morning went down to get a coffee and ran into someone from each team in the NFC North and learned more in about 15 minutes than I did for, you know, several hours. And it's just crazy. Like it's, it's, you, you just got to know what, when to ask and not be afraid to ask it. Cause everyone here is a wealth of knowledge that are, and they're more than willing to share with you. So I, it's great. I learned, I, I learned a ton. I, I got a chance to talk to your coach last night and I, I'm beyond impressed. Awesome. Okay. So yeah, because of COVID, you, you probably never met him before. No. Yeah, exactly. Nope. What impressions of the Browns front office. And, you know, I, I think, we can all agree last year was not the way that we wanted things nope. to go, but 
you're still right in the mix, and you're you know a couple tweaks away from being. You're right in a back really in. hard division too. Yeah, like a you bit. should maybe like move over to the NFC, like NFC North, really a little easier than what's going I'm on. Fairly in your confident, coach said that yesterday on our show. It, like relocation, great. Yeah, I know. Great. Can you do that? Anyways, but just for this one year, right? Like if Aaron Rodgers leaves the NFC North, can we just like come? Anyways, <laughs> let's just say it. But no, like um, I was. So there's the guy in your office. He never. He doesn't. He never promotes himself so I'm going to promote him his name's Glenn Cook and someday you will not have him there because he is a rising star and you know Andrew Barry's a star already so I just so smart and so interesting to talk to and it's like what how can I be thinking of this thing different and not even a position that you guys need and the way he was able to articulate and thoughtfully execute like you don't need this position so I'm, I'm telling you you don't need this position so when I asked him it wasn't like I was just like how can I be better at watching film on a confusing position that I don't understand as well and he was able to break and, and that reminded me how communication is just the key to all of it right like being simple with it and same thing with your coach when we're you know chatting with him about just overall philosophies simple 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 because that is the best way we all learn every single one of us it is impressive what Andrew Barry has put together from a front office standpoint uh Quasey now in Minnesota I know I interviewed him yesterday he's awesome fan. he's an unbelievable human Glenn Cook in addition to being a great basketball player and golfer on the side he was a uh, baseball player too yeah, you know that correct Miami oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's do, he's done everything. Uh, we love Glenn, but yeah. I mean, Glenn was a uh, finalist for that position as well. And I know. Uh, there's a lot of great guys w- with AB and with Kevin. Same thing. You're trotting back your entire coaching staff for a third year, and mm-hmm. that can only help. I would think from a big picture standpoint. Yeah, no, I, there's a lot to be excited for. Like, you know, I I kind of I mean, I'm I'm like technically like by birth a Lions fan I guess so I I have like a kindred spirit with the Browns just we just kind of get each other you know so I I'm like I want you guys to win I, the Lions will never win one so I need the Browns to do that for me because you know that's how this works <laughs> you know what though I I'm a, I'm a fan of your coach I, I think I, kneecap biting yeah, but, you know, you know no, I, I'm going to be honest with you, as far as humans go, he's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if he's, I, I well, it remains we'll to be seen, out. remains to be seen what will happen. But as far as humans go, he's super kind and super, the energy is real. The, like, the love of the game is real. Like, what more do you want? Like, he's a football dude. All right. For, from a, from an analytic standpoint, from a numbers standpoint, what, what kind of numbers do you go back and look at when this is all put to bed? you know, four days down and all of a sudden now we're going to get into pro days, free agencies coming and all that. Yep. It's just going to be a tidal wave of things all the way up through the draft. But what are you looking at, at after this After this is come and gone? I'm going to make sure no one's out of range because if you do something weird, like if you run really slow or sometimes if you run fast, diminishing returns for speed though. Like as long as you're in the ranges, if you go above it, like John Ross, Okay. You know, like it, it just, there's diminishing returns at sure. certain things, right? So going to look at the ranges to see, did someone fall out of range in a bad way? Maybe go back to the film then to see, did, did is something wrong with my assessment? Did I not see this right? Or maybe they're not keeping themselves in shape. So ask those questions after and kind of plan my attack for smaller school guys that I don't know as much about because I'm able to easily get, I use a lot of film and I, I use computer vision on the film and it's really easy to get power five guys. But the guys who don't go to those schools, it's much more difficult to get their film to watch it and the amount of it that I like to feel comfortable with you want more data is better so that I after this I'll be looking to see some of the smaller school guys who impress all right how many hours a week are you watching tape well last week because the compression of having like only one week between the Super Bowl and now like that was a little aggressive like my eyes hurt from it but 
in a normal week, probably about 30 to 40, because I, I do it pretty consistently during the season, too. Like, I, I go back, and I, start, I watch a little bit of college. I get to be a fan a little bit more, you know, during the, the actual college football season, but we start bowl games, I, we start, you know, and then during playoffs when there's fewer NFL games, and then I'll really start going back on tape. So I never really stop, but, but 30 to 40, it's a lot. Okay, so from a career standpoint, yep. your, your career continues to take off. Yeah, you did nice. the, the Bills yeah. sideline in the preseason. I know, you guys never invite me, you know? That, I'm just saying. We didn't play didn't, you. Andrew? Man, no, I'm saying uh, they invited me. I was allowed to do that with the NFL Network. Maybe Andrew would like to invite me. Are you going to do it again me. this year? I don't know. No one's invited me oh. yet. We'll have to see. Hmm. Kevin? Maybe. Coach? No pressure. No pressure, no pressure. everybody. The decision makers <laughs> that make more than I do. Um, <laughs> what about your experience uh, with the, the Shrine Bowl? Yeah, and, I and loved the, the Shrine Bowl. Well, it, if you're a big draft person, the, that really is an underrated game that the Shrine Bowl, access. okay, so Senior Bowl, they typically get more of the guys you've heard of, right? Shrine Correct. Bowl, you got to grind some tape for that. And you got to grind some tape for that. But And that's why I really loved it. And also, those guys were, like, incredibly receptive to, they came and asked amazing questions. Like, how can I be a better interviewee? Because some of the interview, because they all do interviews with the sure. teams at the time. And they say, you want to, I'm like, look them in the eye. Whatever the question is, just repeat it back. But they're really asking because they care, you know. And these are guys who are really, truly love the sport. And some of them are super fun. Like there's a, you know, couple couple guys really bonded with, right? Like I really like the tight end out of Virginia, Jelani Woods. I think he's going to be a great addition to someone's team. He's huge. And meaning you just get a chance to learn, like, who these people are a little bit more than he transferred. You know, he wasn't – people don't – his name doesn't roll off the tongue like some of the other guys, like Trey McBride, who had, like, all of the catches. But this is going to be a good addition to someone's team. All right. On that note, and final question here, I'll let you go. appreciate oh, the time good. today. Yeah. The wide receiver class. Love. Because everybody in Cleveland wants to know what's going to happen. You know, you would – it's leaning, looking that way. It's early. There's still two months. There's free agency. Yeah, there's but a lot. It's a loaded wide receiver class. It's yep. a loaded edge rusher class. Yep. And, and a lot of people would say that's probably the two biggest needs for this football team. How do you see it early on here? Yeah, I think like I think I mocked you like Drake London, who I really love. Oh, okay. But I, I don't know if I, I, I might have to refine that after some of the things that I'm learning about, like what was asked of players. One of the cool things about the combine, you get to ask what was asked of them. Because I can tell you their resume that they didn't run the entire route tree or that they, but why? Was it because yeah. they couldn't or because they weren't asked to? Because that's, those are two different, two separate things. Remember USC, they had some coaching things go on. It was a weird, so you're learning just a ton in these opportunities. This is an opportunity to learn, right? So. I, I don't know. I'm, I, it's definitely, I think, the wide receiver class. I think you can, you're can, it's going to be six of one, half a dozen of another. And I trust the staff to like, be like accurately value whichever one. Go up, go down a little bit, get the right one. Use that draft equity to get the ones that you want. And then take some flyers on the back end with some wide receivers that are maybe not as well known or maybe not as well understood and see what happens. But I, I think you're going to get I think I'm, I think it's, I have a lot of faith in this. It's going to be interesting. Thanks to Cynthia Freeland, NFL Network analytics expert and NFL Network uh, analyst uh, covering the league and covering this draft, getting ready for the 22 NFL draft uh, between her and Bucky Brooks last week on the best podcast available. A lot of good insight on this 2022 draft class. Yeah, parade of stars for both CBD and, and best podcast available. I think we, we did good with the, the booking this, this year. Yeah. That, was, that, was, that, was all, that was all you. Solid, a solid week done yeah. by uh, – 
done by everybody. So uh, some good stuff from her. And again, we're 49 days out from the NFL draft. More importantly right now, though, we turn our attention to the guys already in the league, as Gribble mentioned earlier. It is free agency, and free agency is quickly approaching here. And the Browns really kicked things off this week. Uh, in what has been a crazy week around the league, the Browns with the first move, franchising tight end David Njoku. Yeah, and it's first for some historical perspective, the first time the Browns have used the franchise tag not on a kicker. It's This is... <laughs> This is signs. I mean, this is when you get, we are you get moving a position, up in yeah, the world. You're, 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 this is this is progress, and I think that this is it made a lot of sense uh, with kind of the indication that this is just kind of maybe the start of something with David Njoku, but it, it locks him in for uh, what will be his sixth season with the Browns, and I, I think he had moments last year that really showed growth both on the field, off the field, and just kind of the potential that maybe could be realized in this offense. Still just 25 years old. Uh, I mean, we talked about a draft prospect that's 24 uh, that, that was being linked to the Browns. So that it just shows how, how much more football David Njoku has left to play. And I, I think that there's ways to even get him even more involved in the passing game. You saw what he could do on the longest catch by any NFL tight end this year in, in, against the Chargers. Uh, a good weapon to have back on this offense. Uh, I definitely don't think that this was a team that was getting better by letting David Njoku out the building. So a, a good first step. Yeah, it was clearly a priority for this football team since the season ended. Yeah. What was to bring him back and bring find a way to bring him back. And uh, you said something earlier about tight ends and there not being a lot of them around. I mean, look how many teams franchise tagged a tight end yeah. here this week. Yeah, it was a, it was kind of a, a lower number, so it, it it wasn't one of those kind of some of these positions can kind of get out of hand with with the number on, on the franchise tag. But more importantly, I mean, you look at like the the one that was kind of jarring happened before franchise tags, but like a guy like Ian Thomas with the Carolina Panthers, not a headliner name, not a guy you probably have on any, any of your fantasy teams, but signs a pretty big deal, and, and and it's just showing that it's just a tough position. I mean, it's why guys like when 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 a team like when when the Browns let go of Darren Fells. You saw him land with another team right away. Sure. You saw him play for multiple years after that. I mean, if you can play that position, you 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 can play in the league for ten plus years at least. I, I just think it's it's just a supply issue right now in the league. I don't know if it's going to get fixed anytime soon, but the guys that can play it at, at the position. I mean, look at Jason Witten went in the booth and then came back and, and contributed. It's just something that teams need a lot of. They're incorporating this personnel more, whereas you don't see it at the college level as much. So that's why these guys are harder to find. And, and, and it's just kind of added up to, it's not quite quarterbacks and it's not quite some of the other pass rushers or other positions, but teams are looking for these guys and, and they're hard to find. Well, and again, this, this could just be a placeholder for, yeah. for a bigger extension. We've seen some teams franchise players that basically are working toward a bigger deal and just ran out of time. They don't want to let the guy walk in free agency or even explore other options. So free aid, or franchise him, and, and that gives you a little more time. They have till I think, mid-July. Yeah, you've got some time to get it worked out. Obviously, you want to get it done sooner or later if that's what both sides are, are looking to get out of this. So so we'll see. But uh, uh, Dave Njoku, a guy that has expressed his desire to, to stay here, want to be a part of what the Browns are building, and, and he'll be here for at least one more year and, and, and hopefully many more. All right, as we turn our attention to free agency, the timeline for the next week and what – the legal tampering, as we like to call it, and then the official start of the new year. When can legal tampering officially begin? Begins Monday at noon. So we'll we'll. But you're already starting to see the activity. This is like kind of the 
the NFL is almost like de facto like trade deadline type week, like how other sports have like a lot of activity around the trade deadline. It seems like there's a lot of activity this time of year. We already saw the, the blockbuster deal with Russell Wilson and the Broncos, saw the news about Aaron Rodgers' extension, which kind of shakes things up or does the opposite of keeps things the, the way they were. But th- this is where you can have a lot of activity, but really teams cannot announce anything until Wednesday at 4 o'clock at the absolute earliest for some of these deals. So you can put out the cryptic tweets from the team accounts, but you can't do uh, much more than yeah. than that until the, until the, the, the uh, midweek. The media can, can speculate. The media can announce things unofficially. Officially, we can announce things at 4 o'clock next Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's how that looks. You mentioned it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. I, I think when we left the combine last week, there was a sense of much ado about nothing. I think we really thought that everybody was going to stay put from a quarterback standpoint. It really – it appeared Aaron was Aaron Rodgers was going to stay with Green Bay. It sounded like Russell Wilson was going to stay with the Seattle Seahawks. And then you were going to turn your attention to that next tier of quarterbacks. Well, Aaron does re-sign with the, the Packers, and I, I think they're still working out the details uh, on that contract. But Rodgers himself has tweeted he'll be back with Green Bay next year. Then out of nowhere, two hours later, a blockbuster deal, Denver trading for Russell Wilson, giving up three players, giving up five draft picks. Am I correct on that? A total of five. They got one back. Yeah, they got one back. So, But they get Russell Wilson. They get the quarterback that they have desperately needed since Peyton Manning uh, retired from the football team. And uh, for Seattle then, they go and and they cut ties with eight-time All-Pro Bobby Wagner later in the day. So two guys that were drafted on the same day that helped lead Seattle to their first ever Super Bowl, no longer with the team. Seattle doesn't have any players left from that Super Bowl team. And wondering now what the Seahawks do at pick number nine in front of us. Well, I mean, they, they're a team that could go with the quarterback. They're a team that now is being tossed into the, the Deshaun Watson conversation. So that would be the, you go the Watson route, that's a quicker turnaround on whether you're competing or not, especially in the NFC now, which is just depleted. Uh, of of elite quarterbacks I mean you've got Aaron Rodgers and and a a couple others but that's that's really about it Uh, and I think the the thing I agreed with you I I think I came away from the combine thinking the only two quarterbacks that were going to move this offseason were Deshaun Watson and Jimmy Garoppolo and even Jimmy Garoppolo I was on the fence with I was like I I was thinking to myself if they can work out something with Jimmy to the the, especially when we're seeing what what it might cost to acquire him which doesn't seem like much I was like to the are the 49ers getting better by moving on from him or the, can they buy another year of him at that position and, and to let Trey Lance continue to develop? So I came away thinking it was going to be even more conservative, but obviously this Russell Wilson thing shakes things up and it truly reaffirms the fact, do not believe much of what is said at the combine because there was the whole notion of trading Russell Wilson was soundly uh, rejected by, by folks yeah. in the Seahawks. And then I don't know where this comes to be. It'll be interesting. I, I think it's, Denver gets better, obviously. I don't know how much better. And Seattle, for their the return on their haul, it gets them back to square one with their draft picks. It doesn't put them in a situation like the Eagles or the 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 Giants or Jets where they have multiple picks. This gets back the Seahawks back to a normal amount of draft picks because they parted with so many in what is now turned into a, a pretty not great trade for Jamal Adams. I mean, so that this this doesn't kind of set the table for Seattle in the way that some of these other blockbuster deals have for these other teams. Yeah, I, I definitely 
Seattle, you're back to square one. You still have some offensive pieces. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with Lockett. We don't know what's going to happen with DK Metcalf. Still a lot to watch and and see how things unfold uh, up in Seattle. Meanwhile, it's business as usual for Green Bay. They're busy creating more cap room uh, because, obviously, they franchised Devontae Adams. Tampa Bay franchising Godwin. Uh, Mike Williams in L.A. with the Chargers gets an extension. They were going to franchise him. Uh, ultimately, he ends up signing his extension. You know, we talked about the impact of the quarterbacks, but the top three wide receivers in free agency are off the board. Yeah, and I don't know if it's much of an impact when it comes to other teams in the league because I don't think most teams probably never anticipate these guys ever hitting the market, even Mike Williams, because I think that you look around the league and I think historically – if you're a really good wide receiver that your your team drafted, you typically make it to the second contract. It's not like running back, whereas you're still getting some great value by extending those guys. Most teams hold on to their top wide receivers for at least a, a second deal uh, before letting them go. And I think Mike Williams has been up and down, has dealt with some injuries, but I think you've got Justin Herbert, you've got a ton of cap space. There's no reason not to bring him back. And with Adams, honestly, I was most surprised with Godwin because – I'm just looking at the Bucks without a quarterback, potentially having Blaine Gabbard as their starter. Why not do what Seattle's doing right now and kind of yeah. go down or or at least extend it, get the extension in the works with him, which they may be doing because he could be the future there. But it just seems it just it seemed like a, a more of a it more it seemed more like a win now move when they're not set up to to win now without Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I definitely think that Tampa Bay is someone that bears watching in everything. Uh, obviously, this Deshaun Watson situation uh, sounds like it could come to a head here. We we should know a little bit more maybe going into the weekend, and that's going to play a role, I think, in free agency. Um, but, you know, from a wide receiver standpoint and from a quarterback standpoint, the top guys are where they're going to be. And yeah. now you take a look big picture at, at, at uh, those positions, and, you know, there's definitely a step down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not that – it just it is what it is from a talent standpoint. So, it, what do you think the Browns could address in free agency? Like, are the, what positions are strongest in free agency? Maybe I, I still think there's a lot of good depth at both defensive tackle and wide receiver to help you out. Maybe, and I don't. It's maybe not enough to change your draft strategy type of depth, but I think you can get some pieces in play. Whereas that's what the Browns have done, where you set yourself up in the draft to really go after the best player you want instead of kind of pigeonholing yourself into having to take uh, a certain player. I think I look at guys like a, maybe the Falcons would want to bring him back more now, but like a guy like a Russell Gage or someone like that that may not be your number one guy but can come in and, and start for you and help you out. I think there's defensive tackles all the way down to a guy that's familiar with here, like Larry Ogunjobi's on the market. There's, there's a lot sure. of guys like that that can come in maybe not going to generate the biggest headlines, but that's not what free agency should be about for you if you're looking at kind of long-term success. It's it's there to fill some spots, some some holes, and, and help you out in the short term. And I, I think there's enough guys at, at those kind of positions that can that, that can help you out and kind of make you feel better about the depth across this roster than you do right now when you're looking at and, and seeing only two defensive tackles, a couple wide receivers. Yeah, it, you'll, you'll, it'll look a little different here in the yeah, next Yeah, I week. mean, could they – bolster that offensive line a little bit right you know th- this could be the the spot where you do that and uh you know linebacker uh you know th- there's some this team defensively has lost a few players yeah so I mean even getting some depth at the edge rusher position maybe maybe it's not a start but maybe it's a solid rotation guy uh definitely uh, someone in play salary cap wise it's not uh, the Browns are in a, a 
a different position than in past years. They don't have the most money to spend. No, don't so. have the most, but definitely don't have the least. It's Correct. You're kind of right in the middle, and I think with some guys on, on the roster, uh, most notably probably Denzel Ward, you're probably in, in the works of hopefully bringing back for, for long term, so you got to budget that money and, and sp- spend smartly. But like you mentioned, linebacker, last two years you've, you've gone and gotten your starting linebacker for that year in free agency. Uh, starting yep. Mike linebacker. I mean, so again, Anthony Walker's get, set to hit free agency. Do you do you bring him back? Do you go after someone else? I mean, that's a position that all of a sudden kind of comes to the forefront as well, uh, in, unless you're you're going forward with Jacob Phillips at Mike, which is a, a big possibility. But you still would want to add some kind of veteran depth there as well. Yeah, a lot to be decided, a lot to be determined. We will be back with you next week uh, for our free agency special. We'll also break in. Uh, we, you know, as breaking news warrants, uh, we'll join you uh, for special editions of the best podcast available all next week as well, should news warrant it. Make sure you keep it locked to clevelandbrowns.com and all of the Browns media platforms, including Cleveland Browns Daily. Uh, the two-minute drill was a girl, youtube.com slash Browns. For all the latest news and information as we get in to free agency and free agency week. It promises to be entertaining and crazy as always. Gribs, appreciate the time and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. All right. Make sure you like and subscribe today to the best podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check us out youtube.com slash Browns. Thanks to the birthday boy, Jeff McDaniel, for all of his hard work for Andrew Gribble. I'm Jason Gibbs. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the best podcast available presented by Cross Country Mortgage.